0: I'm on? Wow! Well, welcome what it wouldn't be Tuesday without some slight technical issues. Uh, welcome to Grim After Dark, the Frontline Gaming Network's weekly interview show, nice. where we hit the high points that I do not want to hear myself talk, but the, week, the Frontline Gaming Network's weekly interview show, where we hit the high points of the last week in the Frontline Gaming community and talk to the best players and content creators from around the world about the one thing we all love, which is of course, Warhammer. Uh, before we get started here, I do have to start with a slight retraction uh, from last week's show. Last week, there was mention um, that as uh, Reese, obviously a uh, big, big frontline daddy here, uh, is no longer a play tester. Uh, he had to shave off his mustache. Uh, and after I made that joke, I was actually mailed postage unpaid, uh, this Frontline Gaming Network official uh, style guide. And if you cha- turn to page 237, Uh, It does say that mustaches are both cool and appropriate at all times. So I want to retract any kind of joke I made from that. Tonight, I'm of course John. I'm usually joined by Danny, but Danny is moving out of state, driving across country. Luckily, we have the Frontline Gaming Network mandated trackers, so we can see live where Danny is right now. And if our producer wants to switch to that view, we'll see where he is. And... He's still in Anchorage, which is okay. I mean, you have to pack, you have to drive, you have to get ready to go. Um, That's okay. I I don't feel sad about that whatsoever. So that's good. The last thing I want to talk about here, uh, I want to form an Adam Camilleri prayer circle. Uh, If you've checked out Lone Star Open coverage over the weekend where the Ocho was back streaming the Frontline event, uh, Adam streamed, uh, I think, 27 hours uh, of commentary content. And we're all praying for his health to come back and record the Thursday show this Thursday, especially because he recorded all of LSO and then Art of War Down Under. So please rest up, drink your lemon tea uh, and come back at full health. And, And he'll take all of your support from that. Seth from Signals of the Frontline. Uh, Is here to join me today to help me get through the show. Uh, As you can tell, maybe not the best at it. Uh, And we're going to be talking to Colin Sherman. Uh, Colin Sherman, if it was one of the main hosts of the Best Infection podcast, he uh, is also responsible for running Charity Hammer in its third year this year, uh, which raises a ton of money for Child's Play, which is an amazing child's charity. He is here to talk to us about the behind the scenes gossip, uh, all the fun stories, uh, and everything you don't see on stream. Because even though there are three streams going over three days, hundreds of hours of content, uh, when you gather the top players in the U.S. together, there's always going to be weird shenanigans going on behind the scene. And we're excited to grill him about that. Uh, Seth, how are you?
1: I, I am here, John, uh, playing the role of Discount Danny. I'm like Sam's Choice Danny. Um, I, I really wanted to try to get a canned Danny laugh going, and I tried practicing, but I just can't give it the same gusto that he does.
0: That's fair. That's fair. And I would say you were the, R- the RC
1: Cola of Danny's.
0: And I appreciate you being hey, on I'm to in the help us the South. Out that,
1: RC Cola is a sacred brand down here.
0: That's 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 why it works. Because oh, in okay. the South, you're better than Danny. But in the North, you're not. It works North out in so many North. ways.
1: It's actually a little too accurate.
0: <laughs> uh, we were talking about Lone Star Open a little bit earlier um, and the amazing coverage. Uh,
1: we saw that... John. John, I think... The- the, the Mooses have, have stopped uh, What was your experience like there? It. Oh, sorry. What'd you say, John? The Mooses stopped for a second.
0: <laughs> oh, dang them. Uh, yeah. So I was going to say, Lone Star Open, uh huge weekend. The Ocho is back streaming uh, the Frontline Majors. Uh, you commentated a few games. You played Table Boss for a few games. Uh, what was your experience with the, the streaming at LSL?
1: Uh, it was a good time i enjoyed it um i you know uh the the el jefe uh, kept us running uh kept cracking the whip uh but i think we put out a good product it was a lot of fun i hope folks enjoyed it i know i enjoyed doing it um i actually i was messaging some folks this morning and i was like you know i could just go do that stuff instead of playing warhammer because that seems a lot less stressful than playing warhammer um and then I was on stream for three hours with Adam Camilleri, and I think he's an energy vampire and sucked the like life force out of me for three hours, because I got off that stream and I was like, God. They're like, do you want to do another one? I was like, Falcon, can you get this, bro?
0: <laughs> or the probably the more realistic answer is that it's actually exhausting stream, <laughs> stream ghosting. How does he have the energy? Um, and yeah, he is a limitless pile of energy. Uh, and then, uh, linking to our later guests, we're going to be talking to it in a few minutes here. Colin Sherman, uh, Adam Camilleri, obviously will be, uh, uh, helping out commentate for charity hammer too. Um, I don't think he's going to commentate all 216 hours, but I want to throw that out as a challenge to him. Uh, I think it's possible if anyone could do it, uh, Adam cam.
1: I mean, he did commentate two games simultaneously during the Lone Star open. I think we could get him to try three.
0: Yes, man. That just switch, switch, switch. I love it. Uh, Something we found out recently uh, is graphic designers love their overlays, and over the course of Lone Star Open, Frontline Gaming, and the Ocho, they d- like debuted a new look uh, for how 40K should be streamed, uh, which got some positive, some negative, some in the middle feedback. Uh, as a biased uh, reviewer of this, Seth, what was your opinion of the stream setup there?
1: Uh, it, was, it was evolution uh, kind of playing out before our eyes, trying some things. I, I personally like the player cams because you got, I got to see some really sweet mullets uh, walking around in the background, there was definitely a couple views of, of uh, some higher higher caliber 40k players that maybe uh, were a little candid. Uh, maybe some sock shots we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I liked watching the player body language. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my time stream bossing, I didn't get that beautiful shot of the players. I just had the top down view the whole time. Um, but I, I enjoyed the the dynamic uh, change in view.
0: I got to say, I can see where it's going and what it's going to become. Um and I there's there's things like uh when I first saw it, I will say I wasn't a huge fan of the you know table in the middle and the player at each side, and you know, he puts his right hand in, but it shows up in the left hand side of the screen there. But when you got to the later rounds and you saw some of the top players, and especially when it got to that top eight cup, and you got to see them side on, really thinking and really kind of getting the oh you son of a. Uh, kind of views that you wouldn't get from that top-down view so i thought it was super fascinating uh, for that as well also socks uh, as we're going to get into later on here uh the other thing i thought was super cool about it is it didn't just stick to one game Uh, it jumped around a couple of tables and as we know sort of from competitive warhammer sometimes when a game hits a certain point you don't want to watch that anymore you know what's going to happen so having the ability to switch back and forth uh was was really refreshing for me
1: yeah yeah, I I think that was very helpful because there was definitely some you know every and everyone has it where they're like all right I really need to figure out my movement phase give me give me three minutes to sit here and think and then meticulously move and we don't we don't need to see that we need to see what the end result was we, you know we need to see okay they chose to go over here not over there we don't need to see them measuring for twenty seven minutes about exactly which way they're going to go and
0: I will say and this is the last thing I'm going to say on on this matter here uh, Sean Naden uh, that man. <laughs> knows how to milk a clock because holy cow I think three of the games I watched over the weekend like yeah he has like three turns left and he only has 15 minutes on the clock and then he would finish the game and have like three minutes left total uh and it was amazing to see uh personally the him make decisions of okay I'm going to move this but I'm going to ignore this unit here because it's not going to do anything Seth what was your take on that clock management
1: um, I was often shocked at his ability to move, to, to change gears, to go from glacially slow, painstaking turn one and turn two to like Fast and the Furious 3, Tokyo drifting his way through uh, 3, 4, and 5. Um, it was impressive to say the least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, it really helped that uh, that's when I started to fall in love with that side view is when you could see that switch happen uh, and you could see it from all the top guys. Um, speaking of, of sportsmanship, uh, I believe, Producer Val, you have a wonderful picture of the closing moments of LSO where we have Sean Naden and John Lennon, the two finalists, embracing uh, in the finale. Uh, Seth, what can you tell me about this picture uh, before we go more in depth?
1: Well, I, I, think, I think John and to a larger extent the entire Art of War crew has been holding out on us Clearly, the secret to top-level play begins at the sock level.
0: We have to say, uh, John Lennon obviously went on to win the whole event. Uh, looking at this picture here, I would say it was only because his socks were higher, uh, giving him an advantage. Um, but it's a, it's a good look to have the, the you know that white outer war short, the white shorts, and then those black, uh, I'm going to say thigh-high shorts. Or thigh-high socks, even, uh, uh, going through the thing. Uh, In his defense, he has said they are lucky socks. Uh, But when they look like that, how lucky can they really
1: be, Seth? I don't know. John, do you think we're going to start seeing some sort of sock arm race? Is Sean going to show up with like (laughs) knee-highs next next time, trying to out-sock Lennon?
0: I really hope not, because that ends up in a world where we can have people showing up with thigh-highs, which is not something anyone needs to see at, at any event. Uh, so really, I hope this is the end of the sock arm race um, or sock foot race, I guess. What would be more accurate for that one?
1: <laughs> the sock arm race comes after we've conquered the body sock.
0: <laughs> it's it's going to eventually all just end being a single green man bodysuit. Uh, I think this is a good a time as any uh, to bring on uh, our guest. Like I said, at the top of the show. Colin Sherman, you probably know him from the Best in Faction podcast, but for the past three years he's been running uh, Charity Hammer, an annual event uh, at his home where he invites the best players he can uh, to have the toughest single round elimination RT- uh, GT, I'm sorry, trying to disrespect your tournament there, uh, and streams everything for you for free. Uh, in the hopes that you can donate to Child's Play, which is a great charity, great cause. Uh, he's talked ad nauseum uh, about the event. So we're really here to get the dirt behind it. Uh, and speaking of the dirt, as someone who knows these people involved, Colin, what is your take on Sockgate 21?
2: <laughs> well, we, I was watching that game for my iPad and my wife said, is he wearing ankle warmers? Because with those stripes, we thought that he had shorty socks on, and then like a good two inch uh, you know, ankle gap, as I believe they would call it, and then and then and then ankle warmers. And I thought it is a man that used to wear a headband for a long time. so maybe there's a maybe there's a sweat efficiency being dealt with here, but no, uh, I, I, I'm a strong proponent for. If you got the shorts on, the socks are also short. If your pants are long, then your socks are long. Anyone who can do anything other than that, I don't understand how they're not just distracted the entire day. I would literally just be driven crazy by that. So uh, would, would maybe that, say, maybe he's intimidating people with it. Yeah, no, I was going
0: to say, would you say that's like a championship play where Sean may have just taken that whole game, but he was too distracted by the height of the socks of his opponent. And is this something we need to add into the code of conduct for the ITC?
2: I believe that John socks had the high ground, even if, if, if Sean Dayton had the actual high ground, I think is, <laughs> and maybe that's, maybe that's all that matters. <laughs>
1: Well, wow. I'm waiting for the dress code. Uh, you know what? I'm not
0: sorry. Right
2: I'm just, I'm not sorry.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the dress code is going to be highly contentious. Uh, shirts and ties, blazers, uh, any t shirt or hoodie is
2: like a 10 point yellow card automatically. Uh, I think but you're that... forgetting how many places that have 40K tournaments don't have air conditioning. I think you're. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah.
0: I'm told from Lone Star Open, air conditioning there was fabulous. Seth, can you confirm?
2: I know this I, is. Like... I... The hog gods for
1: I was not physically there. Uh, the air oh. conditioning at my house, where I assisted from, was so so. It got to about you know seventy eight in my house uh, in the peak of the heat. So as um, you can
0: tell, quality conditions at these tournaments. Yes, uh, as yes, long from, as you attend from, really. from
1: my house, the AC three states away, I couldn't. I couldn't judge it effectively.
0: Oh, amazing! Uh, thank you for that insight. Fantastic. I know. Uh, but Colin, yeah. So you are responsible for Charity Hammer. Uh, how much yeah. cash have you raised uh, for Child's Play uh, over the years?
2: So we did two of we did the two big Charity Hammer events for Child's Play, and then we did um, and then we did a smaller one during the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic, where uh, we didn't want everybody to fly out, so we just used local people, and we did that one for cancer uh, research. And uh, all of it together, we've raised, including a, a, a generous donation from Frontline as well. I might add. Um, All of that together is about $40,000 at this point.
0: Which is both great and appropriate for the game system you're playing. It's true. It's true. Thank you. So I I like, by the way, just just to kind of cut away here from this a little bit, that I have the Danny sympathy laugh, and and now when we have Seth on here, I have the Seth snort that I can just sort of hear. where it's not super funny, but it's enough to make a slight sound, so I appreciate that. That, That's super
2: good. The the real value that Danny provides... The real value that Danny provides the world is that he laughs at every joke. It's not just that it's a chuckle. It's that he has no met meter for whether something is funny or not. Everything's funny if you're Danny. And, and it, I'm jealous of that. I think that's great.
0: It took years of emotional abuse to get him to that point. So I just want to let that be out. Yeah, there was a lot of work on my end to make him think everything.
1: From you? I'm, I'm really okay. surprised that you'd let an asset like that leave leave your direct control. I mean, are you? are you sending someone with him to the lower 48 to manage him yeah
0: so yeah much Probably. like birds aren't real uh danny's a uh, beautiful dog is also not real fred uh he is just a drone uh uh-huh. a bird in a dog costume uh who is keeping tabs on danny uh, which is how we got that tracker on there um Perfect. before we kind of go into the stories colin uh you have what can be considered one of the toughest gts out there where you have 32 players uh single round elimination um, you, you had poor Peter, uh, the Falcon.
1: You had Peter, the Falcon, uh, do ELO scores. I'm not really sure where you're John's going with this, you're also but running I, the- he's back. Oh, maybe not.
0: <laughs> Am I back now? Perfect. You're back, yeah, now. I'm I'm at- you're back now. Cool. Like, I uh, really, I think next week we're going to just call the episode technical difficulties. Uh, and that way it'll be, uh, you know, honest from the start. Uh, but no, so you are you have everything kind of like wrapped up. You have this great GT. You're also running this entire event while having a whole bunch of people at your house. How tempted are you to throw the tournament so you don't have to play a bunch of games while also organizing this together?
2: Uh, It is very tempting. Uh, Actually, at the last uh, Charity Hammer, I convinced myself that I wouldn't do well. Like I just like building up to it. I'm like, oh, this is not a big deal. I'm not going to do well. So no big deal, and then I got to the finals and played Nick. It was exactly the opposite of what I needed that weekend. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of a win-win for me because I really want to participate and I want to play, and uh, and I, you know, I like I like the chance to participate. But if I lose, that just gives me more time to do all the things that need to get done and hang out with everybody. And if I if I do well, then okay, well, that's fun too. It's still a GT, right? It's still fun to do well.
0: Yeah, and I think the the greatest thing about Charity Hammer, of course, and what we brought you on to talk about today, is the camaraderie aspect and kind of the interactions yeah. between the players that you have at your house. Um, just as an example, last year when Danny went down to play in that GT, uh, we decided the best way to introduce Danny to the community at large down there uh, was to buy a falcon, a literal falcon. and uh, We uh, adopted a falcon in his name. Um, and that kind of spun on actually to LVO where we bought Val a set of Falconer's gloves uh, so he could properly control his uh, his, his ward. Um, I
2: didn't know about that. That's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. We tried to track him down for like a day, but he was like hidden in the outro room. And then we showed up and we're like, hey, we got you these Falconer gloves. And he's like, why? Cool. I guess. Thanks. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> but most like most of the things we do, I found it really funny. So so that, that that's what's important to me there. Um, but you came prepped. Uh, with some behind-the-scenes stories uh, of things that are going yeah. on that, that didn't make the stream, maybe too hot for charity hammer.
2: Well, there's a lot. So there, there's always. So first of all, this is thirty or forty people like in my home, and the kids do, are are gone at the time because nobody needs that. But it's still a lot of like everyone needs to get fed and everyone needs places to sleep and like no matter how much time I spend organizing where people are going to sleep, someone inevitably tells me they slept on the ground with nothing. Like like we the especially last year, I think it was somebody just said that like I assigned them a bed. I think it might have been Alex McDougal. I assigned him a bed and I'm like, this is your bed. And then like someone just fell asleep on it without him without him there. I guess that's obvious. And then he just like went to sleep on the floor somewhere. So there's a lot wow. of just that sort of
0: I do have to let you know, Colin, that according to the FLGN style guide, falling asleep on the ground needs to be referred to as a luxury Vegas hotel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, I ended up at BAO without a hotel room and did sleep in a hallway. Like that is a, that is a real thing that happened. But uh, anyways, there's a lot of just like the sort of why is Jim Vessel pouring ridiculous amounts of very hot hot sauce on his taco? Did no one tell him that that's ridiculously hot hot sauce? Like there's a lot of that sort of thing. But the, the stories that stand out to me, there's a couple of them. And the first one is, is about a piano, which is not a usual thing you would talk about when in regarding a charity event. But uh, we had a, a, my wife's business. She's an artist. Uh, we needed to move the week before Charity Hammer from a small storage unit to a large storage unit. And I got everything moved over and there was a deadline that I had to be out by in order otherwise they're going to charge me a bunch of money for both units for a whole month. And I, and what was left was my family heirloom 1906 grand piano, which for those that are wondering, pianos aren't worth anything, but if it's a family heirloom, you might not want to get rid of it. And I was, it's all wrapped up and it's up on skids and I can't move it. And my wife and I can't move it. And I don't have, I, I don't have any ability to get friends out. So to do it in time because I've got Charity Hammer coming. So the Brohammer guys were arriving early and I text them and say, this is awkward guys, but on our way home from the airport, can can you all help me move this piano onto like from one storage unit to the other? And Richard Siegler, for those that have not met Richard Siegler, he is not a large gentleman. He said, Colin, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not really built for moving things. If you would like a history paper written about this piano, I'm your man. But Mark, Mark will move the piano. And then John Lennon comes into the chat and says, yeah, Mark's going to move the piano. It's going to be fine. I don't need to help either. And I'm like, the piano weighs like 800 pounds, guys. Like, I, like we should help him. Move. Like, if all of we do it together, it'll be OK. So they all get out here. We go to move the piano. Mark yells at us to get out of the way because is, he, he would much rather move it on his own. So Mark Perry has decided that help is for help is going to be nothing but complicated. So he'll just pick up the 800 pound piano on his own, which he manages to get up into the air and onto furniture dollies and across the thing and off of it all basically while we watched because us helping would have been more difficult. So they were right. I didn't need four people. I just needed one single Mark Perry to move the piano.
0: Can I just ask, and then Seth, we'll get to you, because I know I've been jumping over you a bunch. What (laughs) tier of coaching service is piano movement for Art of War? Because I feel that's a good side gig.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know what, what tier, I mean, I mean, Colin, you know, you, you're a long time customer of theirs. I mean, is there a special special menu of, of, of Mark Perry uh, tasks? I um, gotta I mean, be
2: honest. I, I don't think he showed a great deal of skill on the piano movement. I believe that it was just a raw strength situation. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of coaching to be done there.
0: Yeah. Well, well, part one of the move is free. It's part two that really gets you. <laughs>
1: I, I think the question I wanted to ask in in this scenario, um, when when you said that Richard Siegler, who is slight of build, um, said, "Oh, I will have Mark Perry do this," I really envisioned kind of a a, a you know Mad Max Three uh, Thunderdome like master blaster scenario, like who who runs Junktown? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't. I, okay. Yeah, sure. I see that. that I mean, did, 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 me, <laughs> did Richard ride in
1: a little a little thing on Mark's back while he did this? Oh, like he, he
2: totally could. Mark is a Mark is a very large man. I, I think that Richard could absolutely ride in a little like a little baby Bjorn, or like yeah. a yeah. I think so. It'd be great. Well, so if need you to need to a watch piano watch move, Max. Mark Perry travels to a ton of tournaments. Just figure out if he's going to be at a tournament near you. Have him move your piano. That's basically the summary of the story. And, and
1: and exactly how many Rice Krispie treats do you have to pay him in for piano movement?
2: Ah, that's. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, we bought a box of 72, and Mark believes that he ate 50 of them over the course of the weekend. I don't know. I don't know why. I, there's a number of questions that I had after I received this information, so I'll share them with you. First of all, I asked why were you keeping track, and he said, "Why wouldn't you keep track?" And then I was done. Like, what? There's no. There's no comeback to that. And then the other thing is evidently other people weren't eating them fast enough. I asked, what if other people wanted them? And he said, if they did, they should have eaten them quicker. And I was like, oh, man, you've out me. I've got nothing.
1: <laughs> so so I think that's our tip, John. Uh, if there's food that we want while at Charity Hammer, we you must it on- claim it and eat it immediately. Yeah. And then just store the calories for the next few days. We only eat on
0: Thursdays. <laughs> The Fair rest way. of the weekend, it's it's reserved for Mark, and that's okay.
1: It's, it's a it's a two day intermittent fast.
0: <laughs> but that, how how I just have so many questions about that. Like, well, mainly like like you, Colin, where I was just like, why would you keep
2: track of that? Yeah, why are you doing that? Is the other question. There's multiple questions. I why guess are you doing this?
0: That's the way the mind of a top competitive player works is they can keep track Whoa. of these stats and numbers and things that are important. Also, uh, and Tyler, you might want to edit this out. I don't know what the network's going to allow, but what is the poop of a man who goes through 50 rice crispy treats in two days?
2: I was actually wondering after the hot sauce contest this year, like we have some bathrooms here that I've upgraded the toilet at since we moved in. We're at a new place this year. I've been upgrading the bathrooms to more modern and, and powerful toilets to prepare for the charity hammer crew to arrive. And I'm just wondering, do I need to assign the people going to the hot sauce? These are the specific toilets you're allowed to use after the hot sauce eating contest. And I know that sounds funny, but I think it's a logistically practical question.
1: I, I mean, I'm not going to lie as as a, as a competitor <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> potentially taking place in this hot. I think that's a good idea. I think we should also stock those bathrooms with like moist towelettes and and maybe some preparation H.
0: As someone who cannot stand spicy food, I, I would make a specific request that I don't have to follow uh, the winner of that competition into that small space.
2: Because... <laughs> Why are you in the bathroom with them? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a big sure. event.
1: You got to go. You got to go.
2: Don't worry about yeah. it. I got to give you I stories just, to tell me next I year. I just follow people into the bathroom. That's just what we're, <laughs> we're learning. Okay. That's good.
1: Yeah, I thought
0: you'd learn next week, but now is as good a time as any.
2: Man, you're going to get sent home so quickly. <laughs> I mean, I'm easygoing about having all these dudes in my home, but, like, if someone follows me in the bathroom, it's done. <laughs> so you okay. do
0: have, I mean, that's totally fair. Totally fair. Man's man's throne is his palace, is his room. Um But you have this, uh like, charity event with Warhammer, but this also a hot wing eating contest that you're having, a la hot one. How, how did this come about? Um, what made you think this was a good idea for your plumbing?
2: Well, the first thing that happened is that people were talking about how funny it would be to make Nick eat spicy food on camera, to make Nick Nonavati eat spicy food on camera. And I said, well, why is that? And they're like, oh, he doesn't handle spicy food well. So I said, so literally your premise is we should spend time making Nick miserable and laugh at him. That's the that's your plan? And they're like, basically, yes. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I turned that into, I so I said, well, couldn't we make it more interesting? Like there's a lot of people coming uh, what about a hot, something hot sauce related, like one of those, like the hot ones YouTube show. Right. And immediately people started talking trash. Now this group that is in a chat together, planning charity hammer, they don't talk trash. There's no, Oh, I'm going to win the tournament. There's no, I'm going to like, except Danny and Seth who are doing their own thing. Everybody else doesn't talk smack. (laughs) So there's none of that going on, but then suddenly hot sauce is mentioned and people throw down. They get very serious. JT McDowell says, I am serious about this. I will crush all of you. And I had never heard him speak like that in the whole time I've known him. So I was like, okay, well, this is what we're doing then. So for, uh, if you want to watch, it's at six o'clock Pacific on Saturday night, uh, August uh, 7th, August 7th. Uh, and uh, we're going to, there's going to be a lot of people like 20, but as people drop out, they're just gone. Uh, we're going to use chips rather than wings, but it's going to be a, uh, we did buy the entire season one box set of Hot Ones. So uh, we've got lots of lots of options to go through. I myself will be watching. I'm not at all interested in this. How much can I hurt myself? Competition that other people are participating in.
0: Now, Seth, you're heading to Charity Hammer as well this year. Will you be participating in this self-masochism uh, via food?
1: I I, I will. Um, and I have had the, the high end of, of that scale, the last dab, um, I'm. I'm not saying I'm, I'm J.T. McDowell, but I am saying that I have eaten so much hot food once that it has made my pee burn. So I've I've gone to the end of the of the extremes. I think I can go there again. Um, it just depends on you know how much misery do I want to inflict on myself.
2: John, can I ask a question about the format of your show? Is, do you yeah. guys normally talk this much about going to the bathroom? Or is it just a special <laughs> just special with me on?
0: Well, you know, the content always belongs in the bathroom, is what I'm going to say there. But mostly, no. Uh, we're we we're more 40K focused. But that's okay. Because <laughs> oh, okay. like I said, if you want to hear Colin talk passionately about, about Charity Hammer and what he does, um, he's been doing the tour uh, recently. Uh, also, he was on Marvels last year to talk about it as well. And like I said, I'm more interested in what happens when you have the world's nerdiest slumber party. Uh, and that's kind of what we want to get to the bottom of right here. And we have like your your hot sauce competition. Uh, we got piano mover Mark Perry. Uh, and that uh, also just how many of these stories, uh, by the way, are just Mark Perry doing superhuman things like moving piano and eating unhealthy amounts of, of marshmallow.
2: Not that many. I do have a story about Fal- about Falcon being basically tortured by Mark Perry though. And I oh. think that's a good story. Yeah, please 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 share. So, well, Mark Perry's uh, this is actually more of a group effort of making Falcon uncomfortable and unhappy and then Mark kind of kind of Falcon was on his way to the tournament and in order for Falcon to get somewhere, the first thing he has to do is is a 15 step 25 hour trip to the Canadian border. Like he he lives I think in the North Pole, I'm not entirely sure where he's at, and it takes him a great deal of effort to get all the way down to Vancouver so he can cross into the United States. And he gets there and he finds out like no, man, there's so many jokes to make here. He figures out that he's forgotten his passport, which of course nobody would ever do. Um so he doesn't have his passport, so one of his pilot friends is going to fly it down to him. So he's hanging out at the Vancouver airport for like six or seven hours, then finally gets on a flight, then comes to us and he gets to us about two o'clock in the morning. He hasn't been, he's already not been asleep for like 26, 28 hours. He's already not slept. Okay. So he, I say to him, I have a lot for you to do. You're about to play your game with Danny in just a little bit, you're supposed to be stream hosting through the night. Like you offered. Do you need, do I need to change the schedule? Which people demand of me all the time. And it's my least favorite part of Jerry hammer is people saying, I'm not playing at 3am anymore, Colin. And I say, Oh, OK, so but Falcon was a trooper. He's like, no, no, I, I've gone one night without sleep before. I'll be OK. I just need to get a great night of sleep tomorrow night. Oh, OK, Falcon. So he streams all the way through the night, all the way into the day. He, and then <laughs> into the next night, I say, why are you still doing this? And he says, oh, well, you know, such and such didn't want to stream host. So I uh, by the way, stream hosting is like a uh, table boss. It's a person sitting there to make sure the stream runs OK. And he's like, "Uh, you know, such and such wanted to go to sleep. So I thought I would just do it like, no, go to bed. So he goes to get six hours of sleep. And evidently, for a reason that nobody knows the answer to, including Peter, Mark Perry sits on Peter while he's sleeping. (laughs) Nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. I don't even know that Mark knows why it's happened. But it's not even butt on. It's not even (laughs) butt on torso. It's butt on face. Mar- and Mark just sits on Peter and that wakes Peter up weirdly. Um, and then also strange it completely unexpected Falcon has difficulty going back to sleep. So he goes back to stream hosting. He's now been multiple days since he slept and somebody's supposed to take over for him. And that person looks tired. So Falcon says, Oh no, no, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. So when I find him right before my game with uh, um, with Chris Blackham, I walk into the room and I realize that Falcon has been awake for life, forever and is literally going to die. He is tilted at a forty-five degree angle in the chair and one of his eyes is closed and he's drooling out of the side of his mouth. His hair is all disheveled. He's not making sense. I'm trying to talk to him, but there's no there's no words coming out. And I'm like, What are you even doing here? He's like, Well, you know, I was, I was tired. Someone was tired and then I said, Oh yeah, and that was nice. I'm not I don't know why I'm nice. And I'm like, okay, Falcon, you're going to go to bed. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, you are going to go to sleep right now, but not here because we're doing a thing. (laughs) So um, (laughs) we finally let him go to sleep for a few hours and then he woke up and went right back to it. He was the he was the Adam Camilleri, I guess, of that event. Oh, actually, Adam Cullen Malaria is the other story, but uh, I certainly will stop to take questions about us deciding that Falcon shouldn't sleep. Yeah, Seth,
0: I think you have some questions I, uh, about the sleep schedule or concerns. I, I don't know.
1: No, no. I, I think importantly here, we, we may have stumbled upon an answer to one of your questions, John, mm-hmm. which was, what does your poop look like after eating 50 Rice Krispie Treats? And I think Falcon got a firsthand look, and that might be why he couldn't go back to sleep. Um The second thing I'm learning here is that uh, as a Canadian, there is a potentially uh, fatal side effect of their Canadian (laughs) niceness, wherein they will just keep saying yes to doing more and more work until they die. Uh
2: Uh Uh-huh. I believe we call that officially the Canadian Stat Center Paradox.
1: Yeah, I believe yeah, that's this actually this is a, this right. is so a concern. Doing, this is
2: something that we need to now manage. Now that he's at he's doing stress event. Center, he's got to do it forever, and he's got no escape. He has to literally just do it. Uh, even, even if 40K forty k goes in Sorry, forty seven condition, and it's all <laughs> yeah.
1: digital, and he hates it, uh,
0: yeah. I will say uh, that I find it very disturbing, Seth, that you think that the poop of a man who is eating fifty Rice Krispie treats looks like the Falcon's face. Uh, and I personally would be very insulted if I was Peter at this point. Uh, so I am
2: a
1: falcon expert sir don't question me on falcons does <laughs> yeah, their
0: face look one. like poop i mean i don't know i mean that's, that's what we're trying I've to see i've seen say a here.
1: few i've seen a few
0: that's fair uh, that's fair i think one of my favorite memories of charity hammerley like, watching those streams the past couple of years is we got a group of people to watch um danny's game against peter the falcon um good. which was uh, at midnight or something um so we gathered about 15 to 20 Marvel's listeners And we all had like a voice a discord chat and we were like speaking to each other and kind of uh planning and plotting Uh, and we tried to that poor table boss uh we're like how much do we have to donate in order for danny to lose three command points and then it kind of escalated from here like how much do we have to donate for danny and peter to switch armies uh because danny was running obviously uh last year iron hands jack this year Ad-meg. I don't know if you see a pattern in that. I sort of see a pattern in that, but but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so we were doing this, and we were all having a like great time doing it. Um, and then all of a sudden, you just like hear a door open, and then on the corner of the stream is calling and being like, guys, it's been an hour and a half. You're on turn one. People keep asking me to check donations for command points. You guys need to speed up and close, <laughs> close the door and close it out. Because bear in mind, this game is also at like midnight.
2: I'm just—that was the time where they had clothes on, right? When I came, that that time that I came they in, they were because...
0: fu- they were fully clothed. But I, I believe we're going to have some follow-up questions uh, to that in a little bit. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, you you came in, and yeah, like I said uh, our rowdy bunch was just trying to trying to be too demanding uh, for a non-GT game uh, between two friends. Uh, and sadly, you know, we didn't screw Danny over enough. So next year, maybe, maybe again. Um, but there was uh, some PG 13 action on that game as well, right, Colin?
2: I believe that I, I did come in at one point to see how their game was going, and no one was wearing a shirt anymore, which was weird. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I, I believe I believe that I believe that was that game. Yeah, it was. And then I asked them to put their clothes back on, which isn't a thing that I thought I'd have to tell someone <laughs> it but wasn't I did. particularly hot
1: or anything. Was it Colin? I know there's some concerns, you know, recently Pacific Northwest no. getting massive heat waves. This wasn't no, something like that. No,
2: no, it was not hot. Uh, nope. It was very not hot. There oh, I'm going to
0: disagree. It. it was very hot. In yeah,
1: I'm, I'm wondering if perhaps these these gentlemen were trying to be like the proto uh, hot tub streamers of 40K. Um, They were just two years ahead of their time and several hundred pounds overweight.
0: Or maybe Peter uh, just didn't want the world to see his performance. So he was like, if I demonetize this stream <laughs> with nipples, then no one will ever have to see it again. There's many, many ways we can skin this.
2: Yeah. And all of them are very needed, evidently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so this is going to be your. Here's
2: something, something for, here's something for you, John. Yeah. Cause you have kids. I do. Okay. So my my, my kids were away. At at our last house, the kids' bedrooms were very large, and so we used the kids' bedrooms for stream rooms because six-by-four table, as long as there's plenty of room to get around it, that's going to be fine. What I didn't think about is the sort of awkward things that that would mean for a kid's bedroom, such as people spilling beer on the floor, on the carpet floor of your kid's bedroom is a feeling that I hope you guys all don't have to have when you watch Nick Nonavati go, and knock a bottle across the room all over the carpet. And you think, "Oh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, an eight-year-old sleeps here. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's, and then the room smelled like beer. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's a, that's the problem. That's the downside of this activity. But anyways, you were gonna ask something, John. Well,
0: no, I'm gonna pivot a little bit here uh, from <laughs> Nick uncharacteristically spilling a drink uh, during a game. Um, how is your <laughs> wife?
1: Well, it looks like
2: John. is my wife? Burning the whole
0: uh, convention center. <laughs> Um, and then you, Oh, that was a we're back now. Thing. Good times.
1: Okay. We're good or not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry,
0: Tyler. Um, but yeah, how, how is your <laughs> wife still so happy and with you when you have this annual slumber party where you have grown men, uh, drinking in children's bedrooms and doing kind of all these other things here?
2: Uh, well, she is amazing. It's the the first thing and I do not deserve her. That, that's the official, that's the official stance. Um, I, I uh, it's an interesting thing because Stephanie is much more reserved and less social than I am. Um, And I have always been the, uh, I've always been the house that people go to, to hang out. Like as a kid, it was important. My parents had this idea that if kids could come over whenever they wanted, then I'd always be home and my brother would always be home. So they'd always know where we are. Now that I have kids, I want them to go places. So I don't really understand this strategy, but it's a strategy that they had. And so I've kind of always had this idea that you want to have like a really inclusive home and, when Stephanie and I met, we talked about that quite a bit. I don't think she realized what it would turn into. Um, also, this is built up over time. So the first one was not as big and crazy as the second one was. And now this one is significantly more crazy. But we figured out a way to do it without impacting where she wants to be with the dog. So we're just going to leave her alone. And she gets to have a weekend to do whatever she would like. I think she binge watched uh, Snowpiercer last, last time, all, all, all weekend. So she'll find something to do she'll entertain herself uh she will not be participating that's for sure nor can nor can you blame her
0: no for sure seth you had a question
1: Yeah. So, so the way you were describing this, this, this escalation, I can't help but think of an analogy of, of, you know, putting a a frog in a a boiling pot of water versus turning the heat up slowly. Is there, is there an end game to this plan? Um, You know, is there, is there something beyond what you're doing now that you're just trying to slowly get to without her jumping out of the pot, so to speak?
2: Uh, I think, I think that she, I think she understands that I have, that I'm mentally ill. And that I have to constantly be doing something bigger than the thing I previously did. And that at some point I'll explode and she'll have not to worry about me anymore. I think that's, I think that's probably her plan. That was a lot darker than I expected it to be when I let off with it. Just so we're all clear.
1: (laughs) Well, well, I mean, what, what is your, your plan for, I mean, you, you hosted a, a kind of a a feeder GT, if that's a a qualifier. Is is there plans to go bigger than that?
2: There is. Yeah. So, Next year, what I want to do is, um, so first of all, I don't want to run my own GT. I I just don't want to do that. What I want to do instead is I'm going to, a friend of mine is going to run a major tournament uh, near the airport the weekend before Charity Hammer. And the idea there is we have several people like Adam Camilleri, some people from the UK, Ennis uh, from Scotland. We have some people that want to do some international travel to, meet, to do Charity Hammer, which would be ridiculously amazing and also... The way you grow Charity Hammer and you raise more money is a bigger audience and getting people from other parts of the world will do that. So that's the ultimate goal. But if those people are going to come all the way here, it can't be for one weekend. So we're going to do a major tournament the weekend before so that if people want to come that are for Charity Hammer, they can also come to the major and then they can just hang out in the Pacific Northwest for a week in July or August or whatever, which is a great time to be here. So that's the that's the hypothetical plan. Right now, it's just right now. The current plan isn't done, so the future plan has to wait.
0: <laughs> Call what's what's your goal this year? So, so currently, over the last two years and three events you've run, you you've earned forty thousand uh, dollars for uh, yeah. Child's Play. What is your goal this year?
2: Twenty thousand dollars, and it's it's a big goal. And here's what's going to happen if we if we reach it: a huge number of the people coming are shaving beards. Uh, jt mcdowell uh mitch uh pickles who's got a beard that's like 30 years old like he's not shaved it ever and we're gonna do all that on screen we're just gonna shave a bunch of beards uh we last time we shaved alex victual's head that was a great deal of fun i had never been in a room where 15 guys shaved another dude's head i'd never that's not a thing i'd ever done so check that off the bucket list uh it's i i think that uh Really, it's for, it, this is for a great cause. And what we're doing is amazing. And if you guys want to watch it and you, um, and you can afford to, to, to help us, we would absolutely love to try to make that goal. And we'll get on camera and we'll just do a whole bunch of head shaving. Some head shaven, some beard shaven. We'll just, we'll just make a bunch of people look silly. Maybe we'll give some people some porn stashes. We'll, it'll be great. So that's the thing. There is one more addition to this. Earlier today, hey, Adam this Abramowitz. Just as a,
0: as a real quick thing, uh, oh, bringing okay. out the All old right. Frontline uh, Gaming Network style guide here, uh, uh-huh. we can refer to them as porn stashes. Uh, we have to call them lip warmers at the very worst. Just, yeah, page
2: 234. Okay. I'm not going to call it that, but I, will fin- I, but I will finish what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> Adam Abramowitz from The Army Painter uh, and from the, was the coach of uh, Team America at the last WTC, uh, he offered to donate a coach coaches WTC Team America jersey to whoever donates the most. And I, of course, asked, is this one you have worn? Are you signing it? Is this a collectible? So he's willing to wear it for you if that's something that you're interested in. Oh. <laughs> he's willing to wear it before sending it to you. If that's you're interested that in.
0: <laughs> opens up so many Japanese donations. Oh. You guys have no idea. That's that's genius right there.
1: That's next yeah. level marketing.
0: Yeah, the like like Art of War socks uh, yes, or Art of yes. War thigh highs.
1: Uh, you you guys can have that Art of War that that idea is courtesy of us, your friends here on the FLGN.
0: Yes. Yeah, we'll only take a very small cut of uh forty percent.
1: Uh, Seth, what else
0: you got uh, for for young Colin?
1: For young young Colin. Yeah.
2: I think I've, I'm older than both of you, but that's
1: Neutral all. Colin, I was like, I was like, neutral Colin, neutral Colin. There you go. Um, well, you know, Colin, I I wanted to to kind of uh, circle back on a topic that we talked about earlier, which is um, please
2: there please there are some players related. that, like, that have chosen
1: related.
2: what? I said, please don't be poop related. It's not.
1: It's. <laughs> I mean, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on someone, but that's a different story. Um,
2: oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so that is not what charity hammer is about
1: it's it's true that's charity hammer after dark that's um, because i'm not
0: allowed to follow people into the bathroom that's why exactly it's exactly
1: yeah. <laughs> um so so ad right now that's the thing the oppressive thing that everyone is is going on <laughs> about and uh you, you're the one that knows you know right now the gt lists haven't gone live but you you know a lot of what people are taking because you can see behind the scenes and and i've heard from you that a lot of top players are choosing to steer away from admec for this event. Is that true?
2: That is true. Uh, a number of the top players were like, like, I, I asked several of them, are you going to play AdMEC? And they're like, why? Like, me winning this tournament with admec is not going to be entertaining for anybody. Why don't I play a list that shows off how good at the game I am? <laughs> and no. uh, and then, like, and then, hold on. And then there was a mirror. There was an admec mirror in the first round. And both of them talked to each other and said, what if neither of us brought admec and we didn't have a mirror? And so then that was gone. So we're left with only two Admec players. Seth, do you want to guess who those people are?
1: Well, well, I know one of them, uh, but who's the other?
2: <laughs> well, one of them is uh, one of them, of course, is the the host of this show, Danny. I want my opponents to have as much fun as possible, McDevitt, who is bringing Admec, um, and then the other one is our our local guy Hank. Who, uh, to his credit, his Admec list is not the not is not the medalist. It's got it's got dogs and. All types of other stuff in it and robots. It's got robots. So that's exactly what I want to hear. Yeah, I think he gets, I think he's okay.
0: He's not playing
2: the thing that's the most broken, and the dogs are cool. So, like, that's fine.
0: I have to jump in here because Danny isn't present right now. He's either somewhere in Anchorage or if he's telling me the truth, somewhere in Canada. Um, He's a massive POS for bringing Admech to a charity tournament the year after bringing Broken Iron Hands to a charity tournament. That's all I wanted to jump in with. I thought of it. We someone (laughs) had to defend Danny. (laughs) So I, I felt I had to do that. that was
2: that so. was defending yeah. Danny?
1: That was that was his defense. No. well I, I'm I meant just attack. saying, I'm as
2: sorry. As, <laughs> as Danny's as
1: Danny's first round opponent, um, I, I find this kind of behavior of his just unacceptable for for an event where we're supposed to show off the best the community has to offer. So I th- I think it's my moral obligation as as a member of this GT to defeat him soundly in round one. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I, I really wanted to make sure that I understood the situation before, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to crap on Hank, uh, kind of adjacently. Um, so I'm I'm glad to hear that Hank is not taking the medalist and it's just Danny. So I can really just, just hone in on, on his unsportsmanlike behavior.
0: Well, by calling him out like that, Seth, I'm going to call you out for angle shooting. So you're going to start that game 20 points down because you're trying to, uh, psych him out of taking that army which is going to do very well against your orcs. i would imagine
2: i think he just deducted dkp from you i'm not sure yeah minus 20 dkp yeah
1: i, I, uh, I will take this deduction and still win that's fair
2: <laughs> i i do want to use that as an opportunity to plug that we're tomorrow our lists are going live for the gt and there's going to be a challenge bracket that we're posting that you guys can all predict at. And the, whoever get, wins that challenge bracket is gets a beef snaga box that we will ship to you. We have it. It's here. It is not hard to find. It's over there. Luckily, uh, <laughs> it's
0: right over there. Uh, I remember you were <laughs> saying, right. uh, Peter, the Falcon uh, only got four of his five beef snaga boxes. And I heard he That's has an true. inside track of how the players <laughs> are and how they might do. So maybe that tilts the bracket a little bit. Who knows? Could be. Um, Could be. just to wrap this up here, Colin, uh, how can people uh, get involved? How they, can they donate? How can they watch? Uh, and when is the event?
2: It is August fifth through eighth. We start at two o'clock uh, all the times through Pacific. I apologize. Uh, two o'clock p.m. Pacific on Thursday the fifth uh, to uh, three o'clock on three o'clock in the afternoon p.m. on Sunday the eighth. Uh, it is uh, nonstop three streams. It's the GT. There's a losers tournament for people that lose in the first round. There's an orc tournament. There's lots of exhibition games. We're going nonstop the entire time. If you want to find out more, the easiest thing to do is just to go to charityhammer.com. All the raffle prizes are there. Um, all of the all the schedule. There's a link to the to the, the Twitch channels. All that's there. Um, every $30 you donate gets you a raffle ticket. There's also going to be trivia questions throughout the weekend. They get you raffle tickets. Um, we're giving away thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of uh, 40k product and you can win it. Uh, and that is how you do it is you donate to child's play through us. There's a link at charityhammer.com. Big donate now button. Easy to find. Do it in increments of thirty dollars if you want to min-max the game.
0: Yes. Tactically advantage on raffles, uh best way to go there. <laughs> um Colin, thank you so much for coming on, talking about behind the scenes at Charity Hammer uh like i said it's an amazing event seth i know you're going to be playing in at least three tournaments over that weekend so i'm really excited to see how you're going to be doing you have the the world's toughest uh, gt you have the loser's bracket and the orc while off as well i'm very excited to see how you're doing those
1: whoa 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 did you <laughs> assume that i was gonna end up in the loser's bracket i just declared my superiority i'm gonna win
0: again i can only make fun of danny so much before i have to defend him with like one thing um I'll be there that weekend. Uh, Thankfully you won't have to see me play, uh, but I will be sticking microphones in everyone's faces uh, getting reactions uh, and kind of just getting the the whole vibe on how things are going down there. So super excited for that. Um, Be sure to check out Colin. He's one of the hosts of the best in faction podcast found where all good podcasts are uh, to be found. Uh, And then yeah, be sure to follow along with us uh, on Charity Hammer uh, next weekend. We're gonna call it at that guys. I want to thank you so much for watching. Um, I want to thank you all so much for putting up with my audio kind of currently dropping out, glitching like the princess in uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, and again, thank you for for tuning in. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye.